You are listening to Think Theory Radio. 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 Hello and welcome to Think Theory Radio, the show that brings you topics outside the mainstream realm of thought and ideas to make you think. And I'm your host, Damien Perdue, your weird guide on this scientifical ride of astonishing delights. And that's because today it's time for... That's right, folks. It's time for another edition of Weird Science and Tales to Astonish, 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 Astonish. And, uh, yeah, I saved, uh, it's been a while. We haven't done one since last year, Paul. <laughs> uh, someone pulled that joke on me earlier, and I was like, Happy New Year? Is that we like, I'm yeah. sick of hearing that. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen the person in a while, I guess, uh, nah. No, no. I think within January, it's okay. Nope. No, not going for it. No, nope. <laughs> if it's after Martin Luther King Day, you don't get to say Happy New Year. That's that's just a general. That's like the no white after Labor Day sort okay. of thing. Hmm, interesting. You know, I think where I think that was an unspoken rule before I put that out into the ether. Yeah. Well, now it's now it's set it's, in yeah, stone. Now it's set in stone. So for all you, <laughs> that's it. That's it, folks. No more Happy New Year after Martin Luther King Day. That's, all right. That's a okay. I proclaim the new rule. I'll, re- I'll try to remember that. Although I think that's just basic etiquette. By next year, I you know I can barely remember last week. So <laughs> let's just practice that in 2025. <laughs> oh, and that's Polly C. Yo, by yo, the yo. Way, I didn't introduce you in the, the normal way. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody! <laughs> Happy New Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we've done a few shows already. <laughs> But we have not done a weird science in 2024. Mm-hmm. This is true. And I have a myriad of astonishing scientifical discoveries and breakthroughs and experiments to talk about. The first is move over, Spider-Man. Researchers engineer bacteria that eat plastic and make multi-purpose spider silk. You have to... Swing over, not move over. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Missed opportunity <laughs> for a bad pun. <laughs> uh, we'll let it slide because you are a dad. Yes. So. Yeah. I get away with those. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you're if you're making plastic, if you're making silk out of bacteria, is it technically spider silk? No, does, right? I mean, it's not. D- well, does that matter? I mean, I think the the technical thing is they're making a silk based web. You know, mimicking, yeah, but they called it spiders. The spider. Are they? I mean, are they? They're saying, mimicking, I guess. Yeah. Are they straight up calling it spiders? It's bio inspired spider silk. Okay, yeah. I mean, but they're not selling it at the stores like you know, hundred percent, hundred percent spider right. silk. True. Hundred percent inspired. Hundred percent inspired. Based on a true spider web, but also pretty cool because it's it's it helps in our endeavor of reducing plastic waste mm-hmm. because this is bacteria that will eat plastic. Yeah, less strain on the spiders. No, right. <laughs> you know, and this this is uh, it was a new st- it's study published 
in microbial cell factories. It was the first time scientists have used bacteria to transform polyethylene plastic into a high-value protein product. I don't know if that means you can eat it or not. (laughs) Don't try it. Don't try it at home, kids. Uh, Polyethylene plastic is uh, found in products like plastic bags, water bottles, food packaging. It's the biggest contributor to plastic pollution globally. Mm -hmm. It can take upward of 1,000 years to degrade naturally. That's crazy to think about. 1,000 years. And how many years have we been pumping plastic out into the into the world yeah there's um that movie uh, and how many years are we planning on doing this so you know (laughs) (laughs) thousands of years and all that plastic where's it gonna go well have you seen the movie uh crimes of the future no i haven't it's um david cronenberg okay but his his latest move came out uh two years ago Okay, And it was part of the movie was, you know, it take, it's one of these kind of you don't know if it's the future or like a parallel world, but it's essentially where humans kind of evolve in a way that they can digest plastic. But they're also we've, doing these weird kind of I've talked, talked about, about it, like that, whenever yeah. something comes up about plastic and eating plastic and stuff, I always think of that movie. See, But I, I think we should probably keep ourselves in check because I always think we're so optimistic about the evolution of humans. Like, oh, we'll just figure out how to deal with all this poisonous plastic. And it's like, I know. no, this is terrible. This yeah. is yeah. an awful thing. Like, it is, yeah. Although, you know, I do like this concept of using some kind of bacteria to eat mm-hmm. it because then you could just... But then again, you don't know, like, gotta where do does something. that lead? Yeah, got to like, do something. Yeah, and then what we is find this out bacteria that the, the bacteria ends up bringing on something or terrible. It like, evolves yeah. into some kind of, like, creature. Or kills off an entire population or, or that. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, well, all the good algae, algae is now yeah, right. destroyed by we the bacteria. all this bacteria in the ocean ah. to eat the plastic. Now there's no fish. Because <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what humans do. We always think we develop something good and then just... It destroys us. <laughs> the short-term solution. Like, hey, we got it. You know, but, you know, like um, asbestos, that was that was a famous one in history. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, we solved that problem. It won't catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I wonder if we could evolve to eat plastic. Not that I want to, but. <laughs> That's it. I mean, we are, really. I mean, we're, like, filled with microplastics. Yes, yes. But we don't really know. Is our body adapting to it? And, and, and is, it? is our, our stomach, our, our bio, biodome is starting to evolve or devolve? Or is it changing your DNA and turning you into a frog? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go on a whole tangent. No, we don't need down, that. The, yeah, so. down the AJ route, yeah, but I'm so not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Vague uh, conspiracy theorist <laughs> character. It's the, it's the microplastics that yeah. are changing. The, no, never mind. Going into that guy mode <laughs> is definitely on the bingo card for those of you playing at home. <laughs> uh, next up, going from plastic to plants. And we've talked about on the show before how plants communicate, and you got the mycelium network, mm-hmm. the the wood oh, wide web, fun, the fungi, yeah. yeah, yeah, the fungi connects the whole world. Mm-hmm. Well, scientists film plant talking to its neighbor. Oh, cool! For the first time ever. What was it? Hi, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Sun's great today. Right. <laughs> Stop I'm taking just, up all the photons. Yeah. I'm just filled with chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> How's your photosynthesis going? Yeah. 
well, you know, plants are surrounded by a fine mist of airborne compounds that they use to communicate and protect themselves. And scientists have known about these plant defenses since 1980s, detecting them in over 80 plant species. Now a team of Japanese researchers have developed real-time imaging techniques to reveal how plants receive and respond to these aerial alarms. Well, haven't we talked about how trees can scream, apparently? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they've, when they've, I know they have recorded <laughs> plants, yeah. like the audio, in different forms. They've recorded mushrooms, they've recorded other so plants. That, that answers the question, if, it, if nobody's around, doesn't make a sound, yeah, apparently. It the, does, uh, as long as you're recording it. it you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are there, like, full conversations uh, going on, you know, at, uh, with with uh, all the plants, you know, uh, are they getting work done? <laughs> right, <laughs> they're just talking, you know. I, well, I mean, you know, we talk about how we fear the ro- small talk, the robots turning on us and AI. But have we talked about how the plants could just casually come up with a plan one day? I hope we so. wouldn't even know. That's true. <laughs> be like the little shop of horrors. Yeah, leaves would be just like swaying in the breeze, and we just think like, ah, oh, cute, you know, windy day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean these—it's basically uh, uh, airborne warning messages is essentially what's being communicated. Okay, you know, like, hey, watch out! There's a human coming. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but it's pretty cool. You can look up the video. They have a video of it, so it's the first time ever that they they actually made a filmed a plant talking to its neighbor. So check that out. Look it up. Watch it. Watch it again. And now we're going to go to Mars. Ooh, leaving the planet. And we have to say a little RIP for the only flying vehicle outside of Earth. Rest in peace, Ingenuity Mars helicopter. Oh, what happened? It ended its mission after 72 flights because one of the... uh, Propellers got damaged, or one, I think that's what it called. The, the blades. Okay. One of the so, blades got damaged, and that's it. So it can't just, fly no more. It's just sitting there. Just decided to power down. Yeah, well, I think they powered it down, or yeah. or maybe they left it on because I mean it has a camera. <laughs> Want to just sit there and collect just data? Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think it's possible the blade struck the ground. Uh, maybe it was landing or doing something. Uh, 25% of the rotor blade was lost. But hey. Ingenuity just flying around. Just, ah, yeah. my propeller. It's interesting, though, when you think about the like the rovers they've sent up there, which one of them's been up there for years. And it was only supposed to last like six months. Was it the 90s or something like that when they threw that thing up there? The original maybe, Mars, Mars or rover? Or at least early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Could be the 90s. But it's been, you know, it's been up there for you. It was really supposed to last like six months to a year. Wow. And it's gone on and on still, and on and still on. Still doing this thing? It's like the Energizer bunny. But they, they keep giving it a new battery, right? The next guy goes up there yeah, and says, like, hey, hold on, guy. hold still. <laughs> the next robot, <laughs> yeah. hold on. Well, we got to train it to take care of the last yeah. one. I think they're uh, solar powered. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no batteries needed. Okay. Nope. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Oh, they got the sun? Over at, over at Mars? <laughs> Sorry. There's no sun on a flat Mars. Everyone knows that, Paul. 
that was sent up in uh, 2020. So it lasted for four years and went up there with the uh, Perseverance rover, which is still roving around. So, yeah, rest in peace, ingenuity. You had, a, you know, a decent run, 72 flights, first ever flying vehicle on Mars. How long was it up there? Four for? years. Four years. Wow. It's wow. pretty good. Little guy. And you know, so much more time, so much more to give. It's longer than most of the uh, electronic stuff I have lasts. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> and there was another, had another Mars story that was had to do with uh, some crazy, this could get into some weird alien conspiracy stuff. Oh, okay. They have uh, China... And I believe their rover, the Zerong rover, made a discovery of these bizarre polygon structures buried beneath the surface of Mars. Mm. What are these structures? We don't know. They're alien. They're they're old pyramids. No, they're like (laughs) old rocks, right? (laughs) Old fossils of some sort. Uh, Experts... Consider these formations experts. Experts. Uh, consider these formations to be the incredibly old consequence of freeze-thaw cycle. Yeah. But they are much more massive than the ones on Earth. Well, isn't Mars in a completely different position in development? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. not like what we know. Right. Huh. It's out of this world, <laughs> right, you'd say. Right. <laughs> Wait, why isn't it doing the same thing as here? Um, uh, not only do these polygons lie approximately 35 meters underground, but they span out horizontally across nearly two k- kilometers. Okay. That's it. Which is what? A mile and a half? A couple miles. A couple right? miles. I forget the ratio of... Number. You know, why can't we just get all on the universal? Should all just be what is it, the metric? Should we right? all be metric? Is yeah, that, I think so. We're yeah. the only ones that use imperial. Got to be different. Americans got to be different. My car <laughs> gets 50 rods to the hog's head, and that's the way I like it. <laughs> but I like the idea that this is some kind of alien structure beneath the Earth. I mean, beneath Mars. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Earth of Mars. <laughs> <laughs> No, wouldn't it be the Mars? The Terra of the Terra, Mars. Yeah, the Terra, but it's like, um, you know, he crashed, in, he crashed into the Mars or I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, we have that. So you, have you ever seen the Giant's Causeway or pictures of the Giant's Causeway in Ireland? No, I It's don't really cool I, looking. Yeah, it's okay. like these like perfectly uh, polygon-shaped structures that are kind of on this cliffside. There's a ton of them. And it, the the ancient myth is really cool because it involves right, yeah, giants. Looking, yeah, okay. and supposedly this there was a giant living on this island, and this giant living in Ireland, which is also an island, but <laughs> there was another island, smaller island. Yeah, and it came across to seek revenge because I think the one giant killed the other giant's kid by thinking it was him or something. I forget the total story, but because you know this giant was walking on the earth. And cracking, you know, the ground, it created these uh, polygon structures. That's why it's called Giant's Causeway. Mm -hmm. So this is similar to that, but under the ground in Mars. 
It just reminds me that, of um, that freeze thaw thing. Sounds about right. It's you know whatever whatever Mars is made up of. Yeah, I, I'm you know unless unless is it like Earth where there's the various levels like there's a crust and a mantle. I would you know, assume so, but maybe. we don't, we I mean, don't to know what totally. Degree, yeah. though, I mean, it's you know every planet's different. Yeah. You know? And we don't really know. I mean, we're, we're learning. Some are gaseous, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. We don't know if it has a core structure like ours mm-hmm. does. I mean, we don't even really know a lot about our own core. I barely know about my own my own core myself. I thought it was uh, that magic uh, sort of godlike creature with the many arms. Wasn't that the in the middle of the earth? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what it's called. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's heavy metal, man, yeah. down there. Peter, the iron, the iron core. Peter Griffin's sitcom iron bar Maiden. where he's a former baseball umpire. I played that one. Uh, yeah. But it, I don't know. This story just reminded me of a, there's a Ray Bradbury book called uh, The Martian Chronicles. And it was when we first get to Mars and we end up finding evidence of an ancient civilization there. And a lot of it was underground. So we'll find out if these really are aliens. <laughs> All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will get into some more weird science and tales to astonish right here on Think Theory Radio. Welcome back to Think Theory Radio. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about some wild and crazy stuff. Because it's... And also... That's right. Here's an astonishing tale of uh, kind of human stupidity and technology. Did you know the world depends on a 60-year-old code that no one knows anymore? The world. Depends. The world. Depends on a 60-year-old co- code. Okay, what's the code for? COBOL. Common Business Oriented Language. Okay. Every day, $3 trillion worth of transactions are handled by this 64-year-old programming language that hardly anybody knows anymore. <laughs> So what does it trade? What does it do? What is it like? I I sent this to a friend of mine, Charlie, who listened to the show. Shout out to Charlie. And he uh, said, yeah, because capitalism is stupid and lazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No one thought. Everyone was too busy making money that they didn't think about the fundamentals of it. Yeah. 43% of all banking systems are still using COBOL. (laughs) We're doomed. Doomed, people. Or there's going to be some rich Gen Z kid out there that's listening to this and is like, oh, opportunity recoding all the banks, Mm -hmm. you say. (laughs) (laughs) So they are, of course, you know, who's going to save us? The next generation? No, come on. I'm guessing that was AI. AI. They've already IBM is creating a generative AI powered code assistant called Watson X. Okay. Well, that, I, IBM the, Watson, isn't that yeah. their, that's their whole AI What's thing. the Sherlock, uh, you know, Watson? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But what was, didn't he have a line? Elementary. My dear Watson. Yeah, but yeah, that is Sherlock, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Watson, is yeah. that the same? Uh, 
So this uh, Watson AI is going to help convert all that dusty old COBOL code into a more modern language. Does it know the language? I mean, I guess yeah. they just teach it. Sure. It might be, uh, it says uh, 80 to 90% of what they need, but it still requires a couple changes. So we'll see what happens. Um, sticking to computers, but also biohacking. Okay. A hybrid biocomputer fuses human brain tissue with computer chips. Getting more and more into cyborg land, Paul. So I'm telling you, we're going to be alive when we see cyborgs and... and Robocops. Uh, and, yeah, and robots walking around. <laughs> you're, and you're talking like Futurama style. Yeah. You know, and others. Maybe not just Futurama, but other ones. Uh, well, yeah. But... <laughs> Scientists have fused human brain tissue to this computer chip, creating a mini cyborg in a Petri dish that can perform math equations and recognize speech. It's dubbed BrainAware. The system consists of brain cells artificially grown from human stem cells, which have been fostered to develop into a brain-like tissue. This mini-brain organoid is then hooked up to traditional hardware where it acts as a physical reservoir that can capture and remember the information it receives from the computer inputs. So there we go. The, uh, the old... You know, the real, the real smartphones. We're going to have smartphones that it's going to have brain tissue in it. That's what's going to end up happening. Ew. She's <laughs> going to have these, like, membrane phones. Ugh. That'd be very David Cronenberg. <laughs> these kind of, like, fleshy yeah. phones, yeah, you know, yeah. that are, like, kind of <laughs> moving and, like, yeah, and, like, kind of, like, yeah. coagulate or whatever. It's, like, you know, yeah, you get the, it. The, yeah. Part <laughs> shimmying on your phone. Yeah. You can feel Ugh. it like convulsing and like it's like a heart and it's like beating. But it's got like a really cool screen and interface. Like Harriet has like a mole. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting me in your back pocket. <laughs> and then uh, we have another supercomputer and brain story kind of. A supercomputer that simulates entire human brain will switch on this year in 2024. And it's a neuromorphic supercomputer called Deep South. I don't know why, but it just sounds kind of like a uh, kind of white nationalist dark web group. <laughs> have, you, have you jumped on Deep South yet? Right. Right? Yeah. Is it? I don't know why, but just uh, it's it'd be capable of 228 trillion synaptic operations per second, which is on par with the estimated number of operations in the human brain. And it's actually big. It looks like, you know, how the old computers back in the day were like a whole room. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like these like four big cabinets <laughs> full of stuff. Or at least that's the the, the artist's uh, rendition oh, for the okay, internet. Okay, for the internet. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Yeah, that's uh, it's set to boot up in Australia this year, uh, and that is being built by the International Center for Neuromorphic Systems (ICNS). Dun 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 dun. Now here's uh. Oh, here, here's a story that has to do with vibes, man. You know, I always talk about, like, frequencies 
and vibration. Like, like, yeah, man. Wow. Well, human cells have a resonant frequency. Yeah, I can see that. And it's just barely audible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just a white noise. Um, Like a tuning fork, living human cells have frequencies at which they naturally vibrate. And we now have estimates for what that is. And this has been a... (laughs) What? (laughs) Do I hear that? Is that my my cells vibrating? This has been suspected for decades, but researchers have now measured what some of those frequencies are. Is that like what you hear when you're... uh... You know that room where it's like negative 10 decibels or whatever, you know, like, uh, there's like a room, like they've soundproofed it so well that like you go crazy from being in there because it's so Oh yeah. You can hear like your heart beating and like mm-hmm. your internal organs. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the, the, the place that like Aaron Rodgers went to or something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Don't tell me he was on ayahuasca or whatever while he was in the. Oh, I don't know if he did the all that. Soundproof yeah. chamber. I don't. I don't, I don't think that. I could do that because I have like a little bit of tinnitus or tinnitus, however tinnitus, you say it, yeah. in my yeah. ear, my left ear. Yeah. So when it's completely silent, I can hear it, but I'm not completely silent. I don't really hear That's it. That's what I'm saying. So, so if I was in a room like that, like yeah. that so, you, like, so that would probably be amplified to you. Yeah. Wouldn't that drive you crazy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, and I like, you know, I like for amplified whatever you hear in your left mm-hmm. ear all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be I don't know if I could do it because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I kind of worry about I've, I've wanted to do those um, those uh, deprivation. Yeah. The tanks. Yeah. You know, but it's the same kind of thing. Like, I'm a little worried about it because it's it's similar. It's not at least as silent, water, though, you know. You yeah. But when you're in the water, around a little that's bit, true. You know? Yeah. I guess it just depends. You know, I, I would, you know, I'd try it. I could probably do an hour in in the room. Yeah. I think the deprivation tech, I could probably handle if I did it, but. Oh, you can't do uh, 20 minutes? In the room? Yeah. I think I could do minute? it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> little Atlanta reference for someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that yeah. one. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Now I want to talk about my fan theory of Atlanta. Oh, but, no, uh, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's like spoiler alert. That's right. the final yeah, episode, too. But for anyone listening, Atlanta is easily one of my top five favorite, oh, sh- yeah. favorite shows. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's one of the greatest shows. It's, like, yeah. it's good. Yes. It's really good. It's great. It's one of my top five favorite shows to watch. I would say. Yeah. I would agree. And I think season three has some of the best like social commentary. Yeah. I just think I had one of the best story arcs and also just a combination of, well, for, especially for me, going from like hip hop into mm-hmm. just kind of weird, psychedelic, Afrofuturistic, mm-hmm. Twilight zone kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Surrealism. Yeah. Surrealism. Um, so, yeah, check it out if you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's on Hulu, I believe. Yeah. I don't know how to segue from that into this. Yeah. <laughs> but it is about music. We were talking about vibrations of the human cells. Yes. We know that particles vibrate Mm -hmm. as all things do all matter vibrates because all matter is truly energy at its core which has to do with quantum mechanics right okay now quantum mechanics just as crazy as it is and has done so many amazing things now a quantum mechanics model discovers hidden patterns in the stock market (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh no (laughs) Just when you thought quantum mechanics had done everything it could. So now AI is going to do like all the trading right. for us. And 
Just uh, going go, uh, autopilot, everyone. Mm-hmm. I guess this model... Uh, Universal basic <laughs> income for everyone. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to shut down the market, man. AI quantum mechanics. Can we just go to Beach Bum Society already? I'm, 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 I'm ready for that. <laughs> that sounds great. So eating coconuts all day? Yeah. Well, this model not only encompasses economic uncertainty and investor behavior, but also aims to unravel the mysteries behind stock market anomalies like fat tails, volatility clustering, and contrarian effects. All three of those, I have no idea what they mean. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> See, fat I mean, tails? Yeah. We fat I mean, tails? I could kind of guess like volatility clustering and contrarian effects, but what is a fat tail? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, there we go again. All right, so what, Which is interesting, though, because if you think about it, Ducktail, Scrooge McDuck, had a big room of gold, probably messed around the stock market to make a lot of money. Sure. Yeah. Brings us back to the quantum mechanics and the stock. <laughs> it all ties together, Paul. There's it starts, well, it starts six with degrees his, of Think Theory Radio. If, if we're going to talk Scrooge McDuck and his money, it starts with his lucky dime, okay? So just remember okay. that. Yeah. All right. See, I forgot about that. <laughs> I guess the... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, all right. Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, here we go. Talking of... Oh, man. See, this all just... I love how when it, it just runs together like this and everything just correlates and connects. Okay. Segway City. <laughs> Segway City, man. You're talking about Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck's lucky dime, which is a what? 10 piece, 10 cent piece. Coin. Coin. Well, China unveils a coin sized nuclear battery. All right. That lasts for 50 years. What does it do? Like, I mean, it does that, but what is it going to power? What is it like? It could someday power a smartphone. Ooh. So you could have a smart. Uh, yeah, but you know, are the companies really <laughs> going to want a smartphone that lasts fifty years? I could see, like, let's say this comes up with it in some American company or so. You know, like, uh, all right. So let's say like Samsung. I'll just use them as an example. And let's say they're like, yeah, yeah, we love this. We're all of our our phones are going to have this now. Yeah, they're going to last forever. And then it's like the operating system might work. You know, but whatever, right. they can tweak it enough where like maybe. But then you've got. All of the carriers are going to be like, now hold up. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't just have them hold on to that. Yeah. We're always upgrading our network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. That's what's interesting. I, I feel like it's one of those products that, yeah, this is great. And then it's just going to kind of dis disappear, for, you know, and then, you know, I'm sure like the government will use it for I, certain I was going to say it's like yeah. uh, uh, some sort of like uh, drone will be powered yeah, by that thing. Exactly. That's, uh, and, mm -hmm. and that's what I was you know, like, yeah, it'll have a great consumer use, you yep. know, for the, the greater good of the world. It's like, nah, it's going to be either tossed away right. or used <laughs> exactly. for militaristic yeah. purposes until we can find a common household need right. for it. It's going to be used for robots. Or, or a dumb, like, fad. Like, mm -hmm. it'd be like, you know, like, oh, it powers my uh, um, uh, air Roomba. fryer. My air fryer. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, like, your parents still have this air fryer from, like, the yeah. wedding day? Like, I can't believe this thing still works. Oh, yeah, it's running on the same battery. Well, it's interesting, too, because it's an atomic energy battery. Right. So I automatically I'm thinking of, like, a uh, kind of a espionage sci-fi movie where some, you know, quote unquote terrorist 
gets a hold of like this technology and like you know that already exists right and it's like well if we get a hundred of these batteries from these smartphones we can engineer a real atomic bomb oh gosh okay yeah you know let it set fire to itself yeah Yeah. and then like you know whoever (laughs) jason Bourne or oh no john wick or somebody has to Save us in the movie. I'm yeah, about. yeah, in the movie. <laughs> I guess this is a Beijing-based ba- Betavolt unveiled this. Uh, Say that ten times fast. Yeah, right. Beijing-based so, Betavolt. And I guess that this technology is way ahead of European and American scientific research into institutions and enterprises. So we'll see. We'll see what happens to that one down the line. Sounds awesome. You know, and they, they keep coming up with these pretty cool inventions. It's going to be like a, a children's toy or something it's used for. Some sort of annoying children's toy. Mm. It's like it lasts 50 years. What if you could use it for like a Roomba? Then yeah. you have yeah. like a Roomba that lasts yeah. for 50 years. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to segue into this one, but it's another interesting discovery and possible use that can help save the environment. Kind of. Okay. Uh, scientists discover an amazing practical use for leftover coffee grounds. Okay. You'll never guess what it is. Composting them? Nope. Oh, what? Producing a concrete. Oh, okay. That's 30% stronger by processing and adding charred coffee grounds to the mix. Yeah, why not? Filler. Part of the aggregate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disposal of organic waste poses an environmental challenge as it emits large amounts of greenhouse gases, including methane and carbon dioxide, which can contribute to climate change, explained MRIT University engineer Rajiv Roychand. And I guess every year the world produces a staggering 10 billion kilograms, which is 22 billion pounds of coffee waste globally. Yeah. Most end up in landfills. Yeah. I know I, I produce at least a billion a week. So I love coffee, man. How many granules do you think that would be? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know there are more granules of coffee than sands in the beaches? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting uh, use for the the leftover coffee grounds. Now, here's the here's the kicker, though. Like, how do you get people to give up their coffee ground? Like, is this going to be a new? You know, we already have like. Don't throw them away. I'll take them. Like, yeah. Or like, and we have a whole new bin for just coffee grounds. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it sounds great, but is it implementable? Is yeah. that a word? Yeah, I so I, no, I know what you mean. Like, oh, leave them out, and the coffee grounds guy will get them. Yeah. Or, you know, set them in the special recycling or mail yeah. them to us. We'll take your coffee. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I bring I, them to the recycling center. <laughs> like, I have misgivings about the uh, you know the blue bins that we have. Yeah. I, I you know <laughs> any recycling, it's like man, it seems Are like it's really? just gonna end up. I almost mm-hmm. want to put a homing device on something Ooh. just to see where it goes. Oh, Think Theory Radio expose. <laughs> did, I, did I just um, admit to a future crime? On- <laughs> I don't think that's a crime. I don't think that's a crime. To spy on garbage companies? No, I was just trying to see. It's the city, really. Though. Well, if something like that should happen, it's not me, because I'm <laughs> definitely not going to do that. <laughs> there you go. I think that's legal, what you just said. Hopefully. A legal, a legal disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that is interesting, though. But I always think that. It's like, and I try to recycle, you know, I, I, put, I throw my stuff in the blue bin, but I always wonder, is it really going to recycle? Or is it just one big scam yeah. like everything else? Everything's a scam, Same Paul. pipeline. <laughs> Same pipeline. Right. What's going to happen in these coffee grounds? Great idea, though. I hope it gets implemented. Be awesome to see. Yes. <laughs> if that is a word. I think that is. If not, it makes sense. Yeah. So let's use nice. it. To be implemented. You know what it means. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back with more weird science and astonishing tales right here on Think Theory Radio. to Think Theory Radio. And today we've been talking about brain-fused microchip computers and coffee grounds turning into concrete and AI nuclear battery-powered Roombas. And this episode is dedicated to Ingenuity, the yes, Mars uh, robot. Helicopter. Yeah. You know. It, it, it went out the way it lived, mm-hmm. <laughs> flying around and then crashing. <laughs> and that's like because today's today. episode. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah. much like today's episode. <laughs> well, you know how like YouTube probably would not exist or wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't for cat videos. So everybody loves cat videos, right? Sure. I mean, that's kind of like how it first started. It was just all cat videos. Yeah. Well, even in space, they like cat videos. I mean, who likes cat videos in space? The astronauts? NASA. NASA. Or they because just they like- actually, NASA's laser tech streamed an ultra- HD cat video from 19 miles away from Earth. Like a million miles. Like 19 million like miles. 19 giant. million miles. How did they do that? They achieved a breakthrough uh, in this deep space communication by transmitting this video with <laughs> a cat named Taters. <laughs> we don't need Carl Sagan's like fancy floating disc in space yeah. that has like. We're just gonna beam yeah, out cat videos. Beam out cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> nat- nat- <laughs> the technology's been in the wrong hands uh, all throughout history. <laughs> what do we do with this amazing technology we have? Beam out some cat videos. See Let's if beam out a cat video. <laughs> uh, NASA's deep space optical communications experiment. Beamed this on uh, December 11th from a record setting 19 million miles away, which is 80 times the Earth-Moon distance. Hmm. And this is uh, part of a NASA technology demonstration aimed at streaming very high bandwidth video and other data from deep space, enabling future human missions beyond Earth orbit. This accomplishment underscores our commitment to advancing optical communications as a key element to meeting our future data transmission needs, says NASA Deputy Administrator Pam Melroy. 
And uh, they did it via a cutting-edge instrument called a flight laser transceiver. The video signal took 101 seconds to reach Earth, sent at the system's maximum bit rate of 267 megabits per second. So, I mean, it's, it's a great, you know, technology for communicating with our friends in space or whoever we send to Mars or whatever. <laughs> It's just funny. It's it's just hilarious to me. That's that was a cat video. It it seems very uh, apropos. That's yeah. the you know our society yes. for sure. Like it's either that or porn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's, nah, it's NASA was like, that yeah, yeah, maybe that won't uh, go well in the mainstream society. <laughs> I'll bet you they did it in secret though. You know, one of those guys. Yeah, they like, hey, let's try this. Don't tell anyone. They're not going to be grossed out. It's going to be like a documentary to them or like a nature video. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, well, now back to uh, AI. I feel like now it's we're just every weird science is going to have AI stories. I mean, we can't, of course, we can't yeah, escape it. Yeah, it's like the new the new buzzword. It's the new thing. Mm-hmm. Well, now AI discovers that not every fingerprint is unique. Oh. Okay. Mm, that's a big discovery. I always wondered about that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's only so many swirlies and positions on swirlies, you know? Only so much space on a on a finger. Right. But, okay. So, I mean, so much to the point that, you know, like, you'll never catch me. And it's like, oh, no, we caught you. It's like, wait, who is this guy? This isn't even the the right guy. But that's his fingerprints. Yeah. Actually, did you ever watch uh, Adam Ruins Everything yeah. TV show? Yeah, I've seen He did that. an episode on forensics and okay. talked about not this specific, but was saying how a lot of forensics is kind of BS. And it's just been this kind of like industry that has been created. So and was like, he sitting there being like, so OJ might not have actually murdered right. his ex-wife. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he got into like, he got into the fingerprint thing. I know he got into like DNA testing. It was like kind of showing how like... It's not as accurate as we think. And, you know, and then and the, the core of it, though, was like witness testimony, which is the worst. Like they use witnesses like they think, well, this will use a witness and like wit- eyewitnesses are like the worst thing you could have really in testimonies because people have horrible memories. People, you know, perceive things in different ways. But anyway, that's a whole other yeah. story. But it was a team led by Columbia Engineering undergraduate senior Gabe Guo, who had uh, no prior knowledge of forensics found a public U.S. government database of some 60,000 fingerprints and fed them in Paris to an artificial intelligence-based system known as a deep contrastive network. Sometimes the pairs belong to the same person, but different fingers, and sometimes they belonged to different people. So nope, your fingerprint is not like a snowflake. Interesting. Now... I mean, the same 10 fingerprints on the same people, you know, different people, or you're, you could have a, like, the thumbprint that I have is similar to someone else's toe print, or... I don't think they did. I think it was all fingerprints. It's all, but I'm saying, like, finger to finger or collection? Uh, finger to finger. Sometimes they're saying, like, the pair, like, if you're, you know, you're comparing two pairs that look similar... Or are yeah, are similar. Yeah, so whole, some whole belong to the same set, person yeah. on different fingers, but then some were belong to different people, but the okay. same fingerprint. Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh, the accuracy for a single pair reached seventy seven percent. 
Um, when multiple pairs are presented, the accuracy shot significantly higher, potentially increasing forensic efficiency by more than tenfold. So we'll see if it gets better. I mean, this this is could be a good thing for forensics because this will, you know, if they start using AI to do this, then you can really kind of like break it down more and hopefully get a higher efficiency rating of whether or not that actually is that person's fingerprint or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming if you have multiple fingerprints, then that would establish yes. more of, yeah. yeah. You know, like if there's four fingerprints from the same person, I doubt you'd have two people with multiple fingerprints mm-hmm. as the same, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, <laughs> that's what you're Either one ask. guy did it or eight people did it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're the worst detective in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, keeping with technology, and we always thought like nothing could go faster than the speed of light. No. Um, we, it's something can something can go faster than the speed of light. No, but, but but, then, uh, it's Stephen Wright. It's uh, <laughs> what happens when you turn your lights on if you drive the speed of light. Uh, Sorry, that's all good. No, nothing goes faster than the speed of light. But MIT's new trillion frames per second camera can capture light as it travels. Yeah, I'm sure. A trillion frames yeah. a second? Yeah. Good. The eyeball can't even see that. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So a traditional movie camera. Yeah, your brain can't even process mm-hmm. that. That's cr- How do they know it's a trillion frames? I guess well, they, they can pause on it. each one, right? They can yeah. program it and pause. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, well, we've, got, we've got a team researching the first second. Yeah. <laughs> In comparison, a traditional movie camera is only 24 frames per second. Yeah. So that's. No, uh, I'm saying that's like. No, you it's know, insane. Like a kid that's like, yes, yeah. my entire thesis was the second second of that. <laughs> so it's interesting because if you think about it, that that's why I say if there's a video of it, you'll see experimental footage of light photons traveling 60 million miles per hour through water. Um. There's a quote from uh, New York Times writer John Markov says, if a bullet were tracked in the same fashion, moving through the same fluid, the resulting movie would last three years. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So, but it's, I think about it, and I know it's not the same thing, but it almost makes me think, okay, well, if it, if the camera can track light, the speed of light, then isn't kind of the camera itself faster than the speed of light? (laughs) I know that's like a mind warp thing. <laughs> you yeah, know? don't overthink it. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, I just man. dropped in to see so what wait, condition man. my condition was in. <laughs> <laughs> so is the camera faster than the speed of light? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not, there's no shutter speed, you know, like it's yeah. probably just open, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, a, that's interesting. But it's cool. I'd love to, uh, you know, just, see what know. they do with it. I mean, or I don't know just, what the the purpose of it other than catching light traveling is. What do you need a trillion? <laughs> well, so they just probably just the way a program can subdivide a camera, you know, like yeah. subdivide that second into a trillion frames. But yeah, why would you need it? Well, yeah, to see how light travels, yeah. I guess, which is which really is, amazing. It is. You know, and it's it cool is. that we have that technology. Mm hmm. It's insane yeah. when you think about that. I mean, just like, you know, like you're, saying, you're like, what, a trillion? You know, that's compared to 24 for and, a regular movie camera. And, and even that, I think, over, like, what, like 40, 50, 60 
the human brain can't like perceive a, a frame yeah. you know faster than right, that. Right. I forgot what it was, but it's it's relatively low. It's way lower than three trillion or a trillion yeah. or whatever it is, you know. I remember when my mind was blown when I found out that filming something with, you know, a camera or whatever, you're not actually filming the entire movement of whatever. It's actually just a series, a bunch of pictures. Yeah. Just streamed together. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I was fun doing all that <laughs> stuff and like making like the little like cinescopes mm-hmm. in uh, film class. Ah, see, I never took that. Working with uh, film. You're a, you're hey, a AV, AV club kid? Yeah, or? Uh, not, not so much that, but I mean, I did take some classes. Um, mm. But yeah, I had to do the, the splicing 16 millimeter film, like lining up the teeth of the tape. And, yeah, <laughs> you're all interested. Hey, wrap up the show. <laughs> no. Sorry, I was listening, but I was, I was trying to figure <laughs> out which story to end on. Bring us home. Yeah, bring us home. Well, it's either a... I guess this one, I could do two, because one, I'm just going to say the headline, because then you can look it up. Uh, they created the world's first air-to-water generator that makes 120 gallons a day. So it'd be like you could have an eco-friendly way for individuals and households to extract fresh water from the air. So it's another game changer for the climate, climate change stuff. But here's a very strange, maybe astonishing tale. I don't know. But did you know that there is an opposite of deja vu? Uh, yes, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you haven't had the sensation that this has happened before. Why do it's, I get the feeling that we've never talked about have this? Have we never talked about this? <laughs> no, we haven't. Ever. <laughs> it's called jamais vu. <laughs> No, seriously. It's, okay. some, it's when something you know to be familiar feels unreal or novel in some way. So it's, it's actually I gotcha. it's like, more um, of a it's like, you know, when you, you're writing a word, you're like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Or yeah. all of a sudden it just seems foreign. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you're, you know, you're driving on the street and all of a sudden it's just kind of everything looks like, where am I? But you I, know where you are, but you don't. Taking the train, I've gone through towns and it's like, wait, what? Oh, where am yeah. I? And it's like, you know exactly where you're at. You mm-hmm. just heard the last stop named a second ago. You know, like you recognize yeah. this, this neighborhood. Yeah. Or like looking at a familiar face and finding like suddenly unusual, you. um, well, like going, you know, losing your way in a familiar passage of music. If you're playing, you know, when you're playing the guitar. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it's actually uh, it's more common than Deja Vu or it's more oh, rare, yeah. but more common, you yeah. know, kind of thing. Um, it's like Deja Vu. You've got to be like tuned in. You know, the mm-hmm. receptors have to be yeah. kind of clicking. <laughs> so, yeah, sensation, actually, that was kind yeah. of interesting that there's actually a word for it. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, jamais vu. Jamais vu. I think that's how you say that. J-A-M-A-I-S. Yeah. Jamais vu. Deja vu. Jamais vu. And uh, we will say au revoir, au revoir, au revoir, au revoir, au revoir. Farewell, Alvidas and goodbye. You say sync series radio. Yes, we talk about the computers next week. We will just smoke the cigarette and then they talk about conspiracies and aliens. Yes, yeah, I guess. Wee wee, my bored French guy. I don't know. All my friends in France are like just shaking their heads. Yeah, like, oh, this guy. 
just got unfriended. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Probably American. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back again next week and every Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m., right here on WCPT A20 Think Theory Radio. Thank you.